It's weird. I don't think I had any fears or like any question of like, <laughs> do I want to go through with this? It was just like a yes. Wow. Yes type of thing. That's like, awesome. Perhaps you thought you'd never hear my voice again, but I am back. It's been a few months since I released the Black Lives Matter episode and I've been kind of busy. Um, I also haven't been doing very much traveling, so I am honestly running out of people to interview on this podcast, which is really sad. I hope that we um, that we end this pandemic soon so I can get back out there and bring you more amazing interviews from people around the world. That said, I have been getting creative and I have four more interviews lined up for you guys that I am really, really excited about. This first one is from one of my friends from growing up who spent a year abroad during high school in Germany. Tiana is one of the closest people in my life, both as a friend and physically, geographically, which is why we actually got to record this episode in person. So like I said before, welcome back. We've got some great episodes coming up in the next few weeks. But for now, please enjoy this interview with my friend, Tiana. Hey, welcome to the podcast. This is uh, a different kind of episode because we are in person for the first time on this podcast. Um, can you please introduce yourself? Yes, I'm Tiana. I'm Sarah's neighbor and friend. <laughs> um, and I'm on the podcast today. <laughs> yes, you are. Welcome. Um, so can you start by telling us where you are from? <laughs> which is um, which is where I am from. Can you tell us where we are from? <laughs> yes. Well, um, we live in Port Orchard, Washington. Represent. Which no one knows about, but it's close to Seattle. Mm-hmm. Kind of. Um, and yeah, I've grown up here my whole life with Sarah. What is something you'd recommend people who are first-time visitors to Washington State to see? Um, I would definitely recommend they just see Seattle. Mm-hmm. Um, go Anything. to like all the tourist places. But also like visit Mount Rainier or the National Forest. That's always really pretty. So... Where are you living now? I know it's not that far away from here. But. Well, <laughs> I'm currently living in Bremerton, which is just the next city over to mm-hmm. Port Orchard. Um, but it also has ferry access to Seattle, so that's usually where I commute. What would you say are some key differences between these two? I, I would say they're they're both very like typical Western Washington cities, but what are some differences between them? I think in general, Bremerton has a more diverse and younger community, and mm-hmm. Port Orchard is usually um, people that just kind of have resided there their whole life, or they retired there. Mm-hmm. Um, so Bremerton has a little more going on in general, but it's it's nothing special. <laughs> no, I agree with that, yeah. And they feel very different, even though yeah. they're like super close together. Okay, this question is, you answered it a little bit already. I don't think it's super pertinent to this conversation, but how did we meet? Well, I don't even know. Like, we're neighbors, but I guess we met because Sarah's younger sister, Emma, is my best friend. Mm -hmm. And so we became friends and we went to the same preschool. Mm -hmm. 
and then Sarah was just kind of an add-on, and then I have an older sister, and so we all became friends, and that's it. <laughs> yeah, so just to be clear, this is also a different kind of episode, because you are not someone I met while traveling, unless it no. is just half a mile down the road <laughs> that I traveled to see you. <laughs> that's true. It, we did take trips down the road. What kind of traveler do you consider yourself? Yeah, I would definitely consider myself a beginner traveler, and also, I've never been on a tour, I don't think, um, mm-hmm. and so I feel like I wouldn't enjoy that either, but it depends on where you're going, I think. Um, yeah. Usually if I travel, I just kind of feel out the city, and that's it. Okay, so have you always traveled your whole life with your family growing up, or did you only start when you were older? Yeah, I guess this connects back to where... I'm from where I was born because I was born in China so uh, me and my two other sisters are all adopted from there and so we went there to adopt my younger sister when I was like four or five. Um, Do you have memories of that? Not really Mm -hmm. but I have a lot of photos that Uh. I took while I was there (laughs) which count as my memories. Um, And then besides that we mostly traveled, like, within the U.S. Um, I don't think we've ever taken, like, an international trip as a family besides that. Besides, like, can you been to Canada? Yeah. We're we super close that. to Canada here, so everyone goes to Canada. <laughs> yeah, you have to go at least, like, once while yeah. you're in the area. Yeah. Um, do, do your parents do a lot of international travel before adopting you, or...? Yes. Mm-hmm. They both lived in Norway for... A short stint, I think. I'm not sure the specifics at all. Um, But they lived there, and I think they did some traveling around Europe, or at least my dad did, um, since he has family in Norway, too. But other than that, I think they mainly stayed in the U.S., too, besides going to China. Do you have any um, inclination or desire to go to Norway? Um, I actually... I kind of do. Mm Mm-hmm. I've heard it's a really beautiful country, so I'm interested in it. Um, And also meeting some of our family from that side, because I've never met any of them. So I think that'd be really interesting and different. Yeah, I think so too. Awesome. Um, So what do you do for work? What do you do in life? (laughs) Not as as deep of a question (laughs) as I'm making it. Um, Just to get to know you a little bit better, like... Yes. So um, I graduated high school at 18 and then I was working at McDonald's for some months uh, after that. And then I got a job at a company my dad works for actually doing a totally different job than he's doing, which is great because I don't want to work with him. Yeah, no one wants to work with capacity. (laughs) Um, But it's a healthcare company in Seattle. Um, We actually just got acquired, so we're quite big now, but we used to just be like a little office unit. and it's been great. I mean, I'm working in Seattle. I became a supervisor um, pretty quickly, actually. And it's been a great job. And now we're all working from home. But I quite enjoy it. Yeah, that's awesome. Do you Are you married enough to your job where if they asked you to transfer to another state or another city to get, like, a higher position or something, would you do that with that company, you think? I am... It's, they have some branches, like, all over the U.S., so mm-hmm. I think it would depend on where they wanted me, but I definitely would be open to it because I think it'd be nice to live somewhere else and have a reason to move, um, and since I would have a job already, I think that'd be a great experience. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I think I, why I'm asking that is I think there are a couple different types of people in this world. There are people who really get rooted in one place and either never leave that place or just travel the world but always come back. And then there are people who are willing to actually um, like uproot their lives and go somewhere else for a little while or for the rest of their life. Yeah. And that's, I think it's interesting um, how people feel about like their home, their home town their home place yeah I feel like it's hard I'd never want to think of myself as someone like who just stays in one place and always Mm -hmm. rooted to like basically their hometown um so I feel like but I have to actually push myself if I want to move somewhere else sure yeah and it takes it takes a lot of work takes a lot of like courage even to make a whole new community awesome so before we get into the rapid fire what is your favorite place that you've traveled in the world Okay, I haven't traveled to too many places internationally. It can um, be in the U.S. too. It doesn't have oh, to be internationally. Uh, probably internationally. <laughs> all right. <laughs> I guess for like sentimental reasons and mm-hmm. the memes, it would be when we all went to Vancouver. It was oh. Sarah and Emma and Lilia, and that was like the best just trip I've been mm-hmm. on as a whole. It was just so much fun, even though we had some fails and like <laughs> we had we definitely had some travel fails. Yeah. We stayed in the car, like, the majority of the time. We got lost, yeah. Yeah. It was great. (laughs) It was, yeah. And the thing about living in Seattle that's so nice is you can get to a foreign country that's so similar to the U.S., but also so... You can tell you're in a foreign... Like, you feel like you're in a different country, and it's... um, I think it's it's a real advantage for, like, a group of friends who live in a border city to be able to just go internationally together. I just recalled when we were going and you forgot your passport. Oh my god, yeah. So, that's always important. But yeah. Here I am being like, I know all about foreign countries. <laughs> Can't even remember a passport to get into Canada. Like, yeah, that was that was a fail on my part for sure. <laughs> so this is Rapid Fire, aka Around the World in 20 Questions. Ooh. Number one, planet or wing it? Planet. Solo travel or group travel? Group. Do you pack heavy or light? Light. No, heavy. (laughs) Between. (laughs) Beach or mountains? Um, beach. Desert or rainforest? Oh, rainforest? Cities or nature? Cities. Road tripping or that cruise life? road tripping what is your favorite food from your travels oh when i went to germany um i mean bratwurst are everywhere but that was my favorite thing ever what is your favorite drink from travel oh um i don't think i like it as much anymore but there is this like german beer named Schurferhofer. yeah it was just like a fruit beer on a plane would you rather sit next to a really smelly person or a crying baby oh god um uh probably a crying baby any reasoning behind that i feel like you could block them out and a smell is just there yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) i agree um if you could attend a wedding anywhere in the world what place or culture would it be in I mean, ideally, I would hope, like, Emma gets married in, like, Fiji or, like, (laughs) somewhere tropical. I hope that, too. So, anywhere tropical, and then we can live our best tropical, like, wedding life. Yes, that would be great. (laughs) Coolest historical thing you've seen? 
I feel like a lot of the, like, churches in Germany have, like, a lot of importance or history behind them. Sure. But nothing stands out. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Are you the kind of person who pays attention to his- historical things when you travel, or...? I think it depends. I mean, like, when I was in Germany, like, you see all these churches, but then there's, like, one in every city you go to, so then... Yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay, we're kind of done here. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, skydiving or scuba diving? Ooh, uh, scuba diving? Would you rather take a cooking class or go on a ghost tour? Definitely a cooking class. All right. What's the most romantic place that you can think of to take someone on a date anywhere in the world? The most basic one would be Paris. Have you been to Paris? No. Oh. All right. <laughs> so that's fair. Know. No, that's a fair answer, though. Yeah. What is your favorite souvenir item that you've brought back? I'm not that into souvenirs anymore. Mm-hmm. Or, like, I like just kind of random pieces you can actually use, like a mug or maybe a pen or a patch or... Mm-hmm. Just something kind of small and random. When I was in Germany, the family I was staying with, the, like, father's mom gave me this Bayern, like, handkerchief kind of thing. Hmm. Um, I don't know how to describe it, really, but it was cool, and I have it still, and I like it a That's lot. nice, yeah. No, I, I think, for me, um, I only value souvenirs that have a specific story behind them. Like, I can't just go in a souvenir shop shop and buy something. Yes. So. My favorite one, you gave me that cow yeah, from Italy. from Venice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, to have anything to bring back from Venice, weird glass animal art is... Yes. I'm, I'm proud of that decision. <laughs> it, I, it was a great one, yeah. <laughs> what is one essential thing you always pack other than, like, your passport, your phone? What is something you need? I was actually just thinking about this, and I guess I don't, like, need it, need it, mm-hmm. but I feel like having, like, one of the 10-foot-long, like, um, charging cords for your phone, mm-hmm. or, like, even 6 feet is, like, a great thing to have because you never know where there's an outlet if your travels were made into a movie what genre would it be Mm, i feel like it would probably be like a comedy that's like one of those comedies where everything just kind of falls apart and then it works out sort of if you could live anywhere and money wasn't an issue where would you live since I haven't traveled to that many places, I would probably say I'd live in Germany because mm-hmm. I loved everything about it so much. Um, but I am curious in like Tokyo, Japan, or Japan in general. So you mentioned, obviously, that you lived in Germany for a period of time. Most of the people I've had on this podcast so far are people who have started traveling as adults. Um, but you have a different story. Uh, (laughs) Can you tell me what that specific experience was? Yes. So when I was 15, I decided I wanted to study abroad for my next school year. And so we started looking at programs and I went through one, um, just like study abroad program. It wasn't an exchange one. So we chose that one. And then, um, when in 2016, it was like July, I think, um, I left for Germany And I was there until June of 2017, so it was a good whole year, basically, of just living in Germany with a family. Um, They had a daughter that was pretty young, like five, I think, five or six, Um, and it was in a small village. It was closer to, like, some bigger cities, but it was pretty small, and there wasn't a lot going on, but it was a great experience. 
Um, and I got to travel around Germany a little bit, and yeah. Awesome. Thank you for that summary. I have a lot of follow-up questions yeah. about that. I think it's so... I have met very few people, um, and the only people I know who have done this are you and uh, Olivia, oh, who is yeah. one of yours and Emma's friends, who also did it the same year you did. Um, and I, I haven't met anyone else, I think, in my life who's studied abroad during high school. Why did you decide to do it at that time in your life? To be honest, I'm not like... There wasn't a specific reason. I think it was just something I wanted to do. I didn't... It wasn't that I didn't enjoy high school, but I didn't have a lot going on with high school um, in general or just in my life. Um, So it was something that was, like, different, and I really enjoyed the aspects of, like, or idea of traveling, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel like it's such a great time when you're that young to get a different perspective on the world. Um, So, yeah, I just kind of went with it. (laughs) Yeah. So you were 15, right? Yeah, I was 15. Well, I guess I was 16 when I actually went there. So I don't think a lot of 15, 16-year-olds would feel comfortable doing that. Did you have any fears or hang-ups, and how did you overcome those? It's weird. I don't think I had any fears or, like, any question (laughs) of, like, (laughs) do I want to go through with this? It was just, like, a yes. Wow. Yes, type of thing that's awesome yeah I love that that's kind of how I make all my decisions these days I think when I was that age I cared a lot more about how things were going to work out and I'm like yeah go to Germany for a year let's do it and I think I'm the opposite where I (laughs) think through stuff more (laughs) what exactly I know that you did an exchange or a study abroad where you were actually going to a school in Germany what was that like? Do you... How much German do you speak, or did you speak? Yeah. Um, I took... The main reason I chose Germany was because I... We have to take two years of a language in high school, mm-hmm. and at our school it was, like, Spanish and French and German and sign language. Yeah. And I think that was the four. And looking back, it would have been best for me to take Spanish, but I didn't do that, so I took German um, just because... I don't know. That's the language I wanted to learn, I guess. I don't have interest in any of the others. Um, So when I was looking for the country to go to, it made sense for me to go to Germany because I had taken a year of it by then. Mm -hmm. Um, Then when I went to Germany, that class was not helpful whatsoever. (laughs) That teacher was trash. (laughs) Like, it was basically like starting from scratch when I went there because Mm. everything we were taught in school, like was just so confusing to everyone in Germany. Like, no one understood what you were saying, or it was just like, yeah, no, that's not how you say that at all. Um, So, yeah, I just had to kind of start over with that. And then I went to a school that was a 13-year school, and there's different levels of schooling in Germany. So some, you only go for, like, 10 or 11 years, I think, and then you would switch to a technical school or something more specific to get into a certain job you want. So I went to a 13-year one, and I was placed in the grade below, and I had two classes that were in 11th grade, which is the grade I would have been in the U.S. Um, And yeah, so I was put in this class that was catered towards people who were wanting to learn English more. Um, Mm -hmm. And it was interesting. I feel like that school wasn't accustomed, I guess, to having like a 
person stay there for the whole year, so I don't think hmm. anyone realized I was going to be there <laughs> the whole school year with them. When is, when is she going to leave? <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I had this, like, kind of one German class on the side that was focused on helping, like, any um, people who were kind of new to the school or new to Germany and try to teach them the language. But other than that, I was kind of on my own. Um and I feel like I definitely could have put more time into learning German also while I was there, but I didn't do that. <laughs> yeah. So. I think um, when I think about it as a teenager, I don't think my first priority would be to become fluent in another language. I think I would want to be more in it for the adventure of being in a new country on my own. Yeah. I feel like that was kind of my outlook on it, too. Yeah. I think that's totally fair. Um, what things did you notice living in Germany for a year that are different from the U.S., whether it was in school or in, like, family life or things that, the, the things that stood out to you the most? Yeah, I mean, just so much is different, but also the same. Mm -hmm. Um, I think for school, they, you're in this one class and you're with those people in every, like, different, I guess, subject you mm. take, so... That's kind of nice that you're with the same group of people throughout basically your whole school experience. Career. <laughs> career. Um, yeah, and then you have, like, two breaks, and it ends at, like, I think it ended at 2 p.m., and then you would, like, go home, and then that's when you would actually have lunch and hmm. stuff like that, which I didn't care for as much because I would get hungry during the day. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it didn't work towards me. Um... But then, yeah, and then, then the family life, I feel like the structure is pretty similar. Um, I mean, every family is pretty much has a different structure in Germany, too, it seems like. Mm -hmm. um, but it was similar to the U.S. Um, it was weird because we would eat a big meal at lunchtime and then, like, bread and cheese for dinner, which I kind of enjoyed. And it makes mm -hmm. more sense now. Like, I wouldn't mind that. Yeah lifestyle <laughs> yeah um yeah and then I guess another big thing is just transportation it's just so normal to have a train and mm -hmm. take that train anywhere you want um which makes it really nice I mean if you're younger and you can't drive because their driving age is 18 so you can just go anywhere that. yeah wow. um but uh, yeah that was enjoyable just taking the train to and from wherever. Yeah. So now I want to know, um, uh, like I said before, a lot of 15, 16 year olds would probably be too intimidated to go live in a foreign country for a year, um, even if it is with a family. What did you take away? Like, how did you grow as a person over that year? What was different from when you left to when you came back? Yeah, I definitely grew a lot. I definitely matured. Um, and I gained like this new sense of confidence about myself um because I I mean I still am a pretty shy and quiet person but I also I think I broke out of my like shell a little bit more and mm -hmm. just gained this like general confidence in myself and what I can do and who I am um which is great <laughs> I'm not sure that would have happened as quickly if I had stayed um at our high school and mm -hmm. just gone through that whole process yeah would you recommend it to high schoolers and like what kind of people do you think are best equipped to go and do that kind of experience yeah I mean I think 
is something everyone should experience and try to push themselves to do. Obviously, it's not fit for everyone, but I think they should all try to experience that. Um, and at such a young age, I guess, I think it's really important mm-hmm. to get that perspective. How did you feel um, about... Uh, I mean, I'm assuming your host family was super nice and accommodating and happy to have you. What about, um, like, other students in the school you were in? Or um, did you make friends outside of school? Like, who who became your community there? Yeah, it took a long time for me to make close friends, I think. Mm-hmm. I was kind of just floating around. I don't think... It felt like the kids didn't really know, like, what to do about me (laughs) I was just like an extra person just kind of there that like didn't really speak German that well and like they weren't confident to like use like speak English with me Mm. um and that happened for like months and it wasn't until I think like January of the next year that Mm. like I made friends and people like warmed up to me and it was more of, like, a community feeling. Mm-hmm. And before that, um, with the program I was with, we went as a group with, like, I'm not even sure, like, people from U.S., Mexico, and then some, like, Asian countries. Um, and we all went to Frankfurt, Germany, and stayed there for a week in a hostel. And mm-hmm. then that's when, like, we all got to know each other. So I kind of relied on those people that I met then to, like, basically have someone to talk to about what we're experiencing for, like, those first six months, I guess. And then after that, it kind of, I kind of broke out of my shell, I guess. Do you miss living in a foreign country? I definitely do. Mm -hmm. Um, I think there's just so many, like, different and great aspects. And especially in Germany, like, social norms are, like, things that they have in place in their country just make like so much more sense than U- the u.s like yeah. tell me tell me more about that what are you said germany is one of your favorite places you've been yes. right <laughs> why do you love germany i've been i have been to germany once 10 years ago oh yeah and um i wasn't in that much of it like i was in the southern part i saw some castles some churches stuff like that mm-hmm. and then i was more on like the the austria border and I don't have a, like, I don't have a strong desire to go back to Germany, but I have heard really, really good things about it. I just, tell me more. I, yeah. want, I want a reason to go, you know? I feel like it's nothing specific, actually. It's just kind mm-hmm. of the vibe, Sure. Yeah. I guess. Um, like, one thing that stands out is they have a system for plastic bottles where, like, they add a price if you buy, like, a water bottle or something mm-hmm. um, that's, like seven cents um but then you return your plastic bottle and you get your money back that you put down for it Mm -hmm. which just makes so much sense like recycling wise like then that way even people who are like homeless in the city then they're collecting these plastic bottles and then they're getting some money back yeah and that just seems so logical um or like even if you're driving some of their roads don't have speed limits which makes Mm -hmm. sense to me more um like the autobahn yeah 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 like you can just drive however and that's so interesting i though i feel like that would be such a problem in our country (laughs) yeah i feel like oh gosh i can't even imagine it i feel like it could work but it would be different (laughs) it would be different we have we just have so many reckless drivers you know that that might make sense why their driving age is 18 (laughs) (laughs) yeah 
But it's um, different because their driving age is 18, but their drinking age is 16. Ooh. And then kids who are, like, 14, 13 are drinking yeah. already. And that's, like, crazy, but it kind of makes sense. And I feel like I approve of it, and I'd like it to be a thing here. There's a lot of countries that I've heard of and that I've seen. Um, Germany, I'm thinking of, like... Italy, yeah. like France, where the drinking age is much younger, and even if you aren't old enough to drink, your parents will let you have like a glass of wine with dinner or something because it's like a cultural thing. Um, and uh, when I when I studied abroad in Italy, I had a professor who was saying, "I think it's just so much healthier for kids to observe healthy drinking habits from that age." And to learn how to do them. Whereas, like, here in the U.S., we're like, it's so taboo to drink under 21 that it becomes, like, this exciting, like... Yeah. uh, Like, breaking the rules. And then when people do do it, they just go so hard. Um, Which, I think there are times for that. Let me just (laughs) put that out there. I'm not against, like, having a, a rager. But I think... Um, it's important to teach kids growing up what the right consumption is and um, how to take care of yourself around it. And Yeah, I completely agree. And also it's like they kind of get their like partying out early, mm. which I feel like might be an aspect of like or reason why Germany decided to kind of have that way of mm. like drinking when you're 16, just because then when you're like 20, by then you're probably... Maybe you're over it. (laughs) Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. And I guess it would make sense that you can drink before you can drive so that people don't drink and drive. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I think since I've been there, then you get, like, used to knowing how you are when you're drinking or, Mm -hmm. like, your limits. So that way you are more responsible if you do intend to drive or go somewhere or something like that. Mm -hmm. Not that I recommend Right, driving. right. <laughs> we don't, we don't uh, sponsor drinking no. and driving. Uh, click it or ticket it over here. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I think the other thing that's interesting about, I, I don't know if this is for sure, maybe Britain has it too, or England, um, but like the sorority, fraternity, community, and college, and just like the party atmosphere of college is something I think that's pretty unique to the U.S., um, and I would, I would assume that if kids can drink from the age of like 14 or 16, they start drinking when they're still living with their families. And so if anything does go wrong, they have a support system in place. Whereas kids in the U S they go off to college and all of a sudden they can do whatever they want because their family's not around. But that means when they do get in a bad situation, there's only a whole bunch of other young adults around who yeah. don't know what to do. Um, yeah. it's interesting. Yeah. I think it's great. I mean, yeah. and usually the parents are fine with kind of, like, maybe they don't, you know, want it to happen, right. but They're they'll not, still like, pick you up. Major, or... but yeah, yeah. So you went and did that year in Germany when you were in high yeah. school. Since then, what kind of traveling have you done? Besides that, um, Lilia, my older sister, and I actually went to, um, London, for a week I think and then we also traveled to Germany and I stayed there a little longer than her um and visited like my friends in Germany too and that was great we loved I loved well I guess we could we both loved (laughs) we both loved um Germany I think and staying there we were at like a nicer 
hostel that wasn't too expensive. Mm-hmm. And we didn't really enjoy London that much, but this trip was also kind of just a, let's just go and do this. Like, right, it was kind of last minute. Why not? Yeah. Um, and we didn't plan anything, and we didn't think it through. So, like, mm-hmm. we flew, I forget where we flew to, but we I think we flew into Manchester, and then mm-hmm. we took a train to London, and then we arrived in London, and it was, like, almost midnight Mm -hmm. and obviously none of the trains are like working anymore Mm -hmm. and it was like a walk to our hostel and we didn't know what to do um and it was like all kind of jet lag phased and like yeah yeah, i don't know it was um not great (laughs) so we ended up taking a taxi and that i feel like didn't start the trip off that well Mm -hmm. um and then besides that, we were kind of just, like, walking around the whole time, and I didn't realize, like, how far stuff in London is. Yeah. So. It's a big city. <laughs> yeah. Um, I feel like in Germany, like, the cities are kind of, they may be bigger, but they're still, you can still walk everywhere pretty much. Mm-hmm. And in London, it's, like, this whole sprawl, and right. we didn't realize that and plan anything, and it was exhausting. <laughs> yeah, I like going to really walkable cities. I have a... Uh, not as kind of a similar story, but it's more of a um, uh, fun story than a like <laughs> oh, our first night in London. Um, when I was uh, in Paris by myself the first time, oh, yeah. um, I got in and my flight had been delayed like six hours for the New York to Paris leg. And so I got in much later than I thought. It was like the middle of the afternoon and I was carrying my bags and I walked, I think I walked all the way from the train station to my hostel, which was quite far, but it's, I didn't really know how to use taxis or anything then. I didn't have Wi-Fi on my phone Mm -hmm. or internet, so I couldn't call an Uber or anything. And that was fine. I got into my uh, hostel, which actually turned out to be a really bad hostel that I didn't (laughs) know at the time. It was like my first time staying in a hostel. And then that night I didn't sleep at all. I was like, I'm just going to stay up as late as I can so that I'll sleep through the morning um, because of the time time difference. So I went out, I took a shower, I got dressed up, I went out and I went walking around the city, which is also kind of spread out. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can walk certain parts, but it's it, you have to be a good walker. Um, <laughs> and I ended up going and like sitting by the river and watching some people dancing tango, which was interesting. Oh. And then I ended up going to a salsa club and this was all in the span of the same, like, I hadn't slept in so many hours at this point. And I went to a salsa club, and I took a salsa class, and then I was dancing, and it was, like, 11 p.m., and I was just crashing because I hadn't oh, no. slept in so long. And so I decided to go home, and I get out, and I, am like, start walking towards the hostel, which is about an hour's walk away. Oh, my gosh. And I'm trying to, like, figure out how to hail a taxi. I don't have a way to look it up, and I, like, don't want to just start waving at cars, you know, because I just, like, I was... It was my first time, like, alone in, like, a city where I didn't speak the language, and it was so interesting. So I ended up walking an hour in the dark in Paris all the way across the city back to my hostel, um, I would have to look up to see what the actual distance was, but it took me an hour to walk that far. So it was probably pretty far. And I just like, didn't see that many people out. And I looking back now, I'm like, why wasn't I scared? But like, I was just like, so jet lagged and tired that I was like, <laughs> just walking like, is there a taxi? And a Claire taxi? shop over there. Where's my hostel? Oh, there it is. And then I passed out and slept for like 12 hours. Cause yeah. I was so tired. But it's, um, yeah, I think it's always... 
I've had a couple experiences where the first day or the first night trying to get around, trying to figure out how to use the transportation system and stuff is just really stressful. And once you get beyond that, then you can have a really good time. So you just can't be discouraged by that. Yeah, it's definitely hard. And, like, Wi-Fi is not guaranteed. Yeah. I found that in London, like, it was hard to find Wi-Fi. And in Germany, I think it's easier, but everywhere in London you had to, like, pay or mm-hmm. it was, like, some thing that would, like, block right, you. Right. And you couldn't use it without doing something. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and so I definitely, like, recommend planning your arrival because Mm -hmm. once you like fly in you're like oh my god i'm here Mm -hmm. and then you're like oh wait but like how do i get here here? (laughs) also my maps isn't working and i don't know where i am (laughs) yeah i would say definitely travel tip for everyone listening the first thing to do when you get into a city if you can is to get a sim card with internet so you can at least look up where to go or call an uber or Google, whatever you need yeah. to do, um, because wandering around without internet is doable, but it's it sucks sometimes. So yeah, it can be fine, but then like you know, one wrong turn and it becomes stressful and panic. You're usually carrying your bags around and you're just sweaty yeah. from getting off the plane. Yeah, it's a whole thing. All right, so kind of along that same story that you just shared. Do you have any other travel mishaps or horror stories? Yes. So when I was coming back from Germany, um, I flew into Newark. Is this the first time or the second time? Um, Oh, this is the first time. So coming back from From my study abroad. abroad, Yeah. Um, I flew into Newark. um, Mm -hmm. And then from there, I had a flight home. I think it was Newark. um, Home Mm -hmm. to Seattle. And... Because of, like, customs, and that just takes so long, which I definitely recommend assessing and making sure that time fits in if you're doing a connecting flight. Um, (laughs) Like, that flight to Seattle had gone canceled, or, like, it was just, I couldn't get on it, basically. And so I was just stuck at, I think I flew then to, like, Minneapolis, or one of the M M State airports. (laughs) (laughs) Minneapolis, maybe? I don't know. Um, ended up having like to sleep there for the night because I got mm. there at like midnight and mm-hmm. yeah, so I slept in the airport and then six a.m. I flew to Seattle, but that was just like an insane travel day. I think yeah, like you never expect to just kind of sleep in an airport. In that vein, I like to talk about like mental health and travel as it relates to travel. Um. Did you have any struggles with your mental health when you spent a year abroad or in your other travels? Um, For the year abroad, I think it didn't, like, hit me that I wasn't going to be with my family for the year. And Mm -hmm. that's usually how, like, my emotions are. They kind of, like, hit at the last moment. And then you're like, oh, shit, this is happening. (laughs) Um, So it was like, I remember just, like, sobbing at the airport and saying goodbye to them. Mm -hmm. And then, like that like next 48 hours when I was like traveling to Germany and like my first couple of nights at the hostel were like just they were great but they were awful also because I was like missing everyone and some of the wi-fi was spotty so I couldn't like talk to them and I was Mm -hmm. just missing everything um and then after that I was like doing great Mm -hmm. I didn't no offense family but I didn't miss you at all (laughs) Like, I was just... Shout out to the Jane family. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I didn't miss you. <laughs> um, so, yeah, then I was just fine. I was, like, even though I didn't have any, like, friends, like, I feel like that kind of 
wore on me a little bit while mm-hmm. I was there, but it wasn't anything that made me, like, really sad or mm-hmm. anything like that. And then it was weird when, I think it was, like, May, so a month or, like, a month and a half before I left Germany, um, I got, like, sad again, kind of, and missed my family a lot. I was so excited to come back home. Mm-hmm. And that lasted, like, I feel like a couple weeks at least. Um, and then I realized, like, oh, shit, I'm going to be leaving Germany. Right. And so then I was, like, out of it, and I was like, I don't want to go home. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Lots of ups and downs there. Yeah, but otherwise, I was just doing my thing, I guess. Yeah, that's great. I'm glad that it wasn't too um, hard for you mentally, because I could see how yeah. certain people, especially at that age, would have a hard time being away from home for that long. Yeah, I feel like just my mindset then was just kind of very, like, I'm doing my own thing. Sure. That's all. <laughs> yeah, and honestly, looking back now, um, from, how long ago was that, like, five years ago? Oh, God. Four years ago? Yeah, like, um, it seems like such a short amount of time. Yeah. Now. Like, a year. A year seems like such a short amount of time (laughs) to be somewhere else, but then, at that age, it feels like a long time. Um, so, do you have any advice for people who are traveling long-term or who are living away from their family for a long time about... Um, staying mentally healthy and feeling those feelings and (laughs) yeah I mean definitely just like feel those feelings like Mm -hmm. let it out um I mean it was great because I could just always talk to like you and Emma and the bros which is you and then Lilia um which I think helped a lot like just trying to keep if you have like wi-fi or service like just trying to stay in contact or you know, like, really push yourself to try to meet new people, because mm-hmm. if you're with other people that are traveling, there's definitely at least one person that will, like, feel the same way as you, mm-hmm. so definitely, like, relying on them, too, to kind of talk through your feelings or emotions at the time is great. Did you feel like your host family was pretty open about that, too? Yeah, I really didn't talk to them like that, though, yeah, <laughs> I don't think, yeah. um, but I knew they, like, I think they were surprised because I feel like I did show I wasn't really missing my family that much Mm. and so I feel like they were kind of prepared for me to be more down (laughs) about it right they were like we have a box of tissues and some tea and you're like nah I'm gonna gonna go drink some fruity beer with my German (laughs) friends (laughs) who was the most interesting person you have met while traveling (laughs) while traveling not just in general because I know in general it's either me or Emma one of the Larry Nelson (laughs) Larry Nelson (laughs) Um, oh gosh, I feel like I actually haven't met that many interesting people while traveling. Ooh. Ooh, tea. (laughs) Um, No shade, no shade. (laughs) I mean, I guess this is a very, like, broad, I guess, type of interesting. But my friend Margaret's host mom, because she was another study abroad student, Mm -hmm. her... Family was crazy. Like, her host mom was insane. So she was quite interesting because Uh she was, like, compared to, like, how my um, host family was, they were, like, pretty chill about everything. And she just would get mad about everything. No. Um, And I stayed with her, like, twice, I think. Mm -hmm. And so she was quite interesting. (laughs) 
Wow, that is that is a definitely a different version of interesting than I (laughs) was thinking of. But that's just interesting all the same. I'm gonna get into some of my wrap up questions. What is a a big lesson or takeaway from traveling for you? Just in general, like everyone's different. Every culture is different. Like, I guess you just like can't predict how a country will be like you can't like stereotype it because there's it's just always going to be different than what you think mm-hmm. personally for me it was like surprising how many people where I lived didn't actually speak English because I feel like mm. Americans have this sense of like anywhere you go in the world people will speak yeah. English which is wrong it's very wrong <laughs> <laughs> completely wrong I have been very many places where I could not speak to anyone. <laughs> yeah. Right, but Germany is one of those places that we expect, for some reason, to know English, just because they're one of those more yeah. post-industrial Western countries. But Yeah, I think you you hear it a lot also, like, if mm-hmm. you're looking up, like, stuff about Germany, it's like, oh, yeah, everyone there speaks English, and that's not true. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> a lot of people, like, it's more, I feel like it's rare to find people that really speak English or if they're like confident in speaking English Mm, too they may know like a little bit but most of the time it's just like I don't know what you're saying yeah okay (laughs) do they so in like German schools do are you I know there's I have a friend Clemens shout out Clemens he's on the podcast before he's from Austria and he learned English in like high school um, but then he really got good at it from living in New Zealand and traveling and living in Canada and stuff um, but do they do they teach classes in both languages, though? Yeah, I guess that's kind of how it is here, though. Like, they have, like, English classes, and I mm-hmm. think most schools probably offer an English class, and, like, everyone kind of has to take it. Right. But then I feel like unless someone's really interested in learning English, then they're just not going to pursue it like that. Which I guess is, like, if we learned, like, Spanish here, say, mm-hmm. and then, like... We just did it for high school. We're not really going to pursue it unless we have a deeper interest. Is travel for everyone? I don't think so. I feel like most people. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, it feels like being in Port Orchard, there's a lot of people probably that would, like, not think about it. (laughs) They'd be like, oh, I'm going to go to Oregon. That's crazy of me. (laughs) But there's just, like, a whole other world out there that people, like, just don't have that like curiosity I guess or like inclination to um see and I hope everyone travels or sees like a different country at least Mm -hmm. where do you want to go next like at the moment I really want to go somewhere tropical (laughs) but I would also just love to go back to Germany and then also visit Japan travel recommendations so obviously Germany you know a lot about but anywhere in the world what could you give us like your top three recommendations for people to travel to? I mean, in the U.S., this is kind of like, I feel like people don't really think about visiting here too often, Mm -hmm. but going to Moab, Utah, and seeing, um, like, Arches National Park, and... Yeah. And then, I mean, the Coop just has a place in my heart. Yes, Vancouver, Canada, y'all. Oh, gosh. (laughs) It's just such a great, like, city to be in. It Um, is. With, like, the Granville Market, and mm-hmm. I don't know, it's just such a cool city. And There's then, a lot of stuff to do. It's really yeah. physically beautiful. 
There's a lot of different types of people there. It's just, just, just love it. It's great. It's like Seattle, but way better. <laughs> yeah, it's like a cool, hip Seattle that Seattle wishes it could be, yeah. but it's not because it's gross and dirty. <laughs> oh, and then my third one would probably be, um, I went to Hamburg, Germany twice, mm-hmm. and it's, you know, by in the north, and it is a gorgeous city. I really enjoyed it. I don't have, like, a specific reason why, mm-hmm. but it was just a great city. Just the vibes. And, like, German cities are just so clean and nice, mm-hmm. and they usually have, like, a fish smell at one point. Yeah. Which is random, but <laughs> other than that, they're great. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's hilarious. Yeah, I, I definitely get what you mean about, like, just the general feel and the vibe, because there are some places where I've been, and I tell people to go there, and they're like, well, what should I see? And I'm like... I don't even remember what I saw there. I just remember loving being there. Yeah, just, Um, like, walking around. I feel like that's the best way to explore mm -hmm. a city is just, like, you can do, like, all the tourist stuff, but then also just walking and seeing everything or, like, going to a cafe and doing, like, little things. Do you want to add anything about your experience with your study abroad or with travel in general? Definitely, like, visit Germany if you can. And I feel like... Maybe go to cities that not everyone goes to, that aren't, like, the tourist mm-hmm. cities. Um, even, like, any small ones are really nice. Tiana, this has been a fascinating <laughs> conversation. Thank you for being here, first of all. I'm really glad that I got someone who is so close in my life and who is not just someone I met while traveling, although I love you all. Shout out to you all. <laughs> but um, I think it's important as we grow with our friends and with our family to go out and live our own lives and have our own experiences around the world and bring that back to the people who care about us. 100%. Thanks for having me. It's been a blast. Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Friendly Faces, Amazing Places. I hope you guys really enjoyed this one with Tiana. I think she has a really interesting travel experience to share. If you want to see pictures of Tiana's time in Germany or pictures of me with Tiana in Vancouver, go ahead and check them out on our Instagram at Friendly Faces, Amazing Places or on Facebook at Friendly Faces, Amazing Places Podcast. If you want to hear more episodes from this podcast, they are available everywhere you get podcasts, Spotify, Apple Music, even on YouTube. And finally, keep an eye out in the coming weeks for some more amazing episodes. I'm Sarah. I'll see you later.